Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganbill and welcome to your weekend recap and rant. So I finally, finally got to go bow fishing after like a two- year drought uh the normal crew that i go with like i usually get an invite last minute you know like hey do you want to go bow fishing it's like well yeah but now i got plans if i'd have known so anyways i was proactive this year and uh let everybody know i'm like hey i want to go bow fishing (laughs) let me know and i will clear my schedule and uh, so we did do that uh, last Saturday night. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Well, I guess just real, before I get into that, I should say Saturday morning, we had our club meeting for Loon State Bassmasters meeting. We're handing out some trophies. Dana Carlson got big bass of the year. Congrats to her. Uh, Jim got uh, Angler of the Year. Very well-deserved, sir. He won three out of the six events. Uh, So definitely deserved to win that. Um, I did have Big Bag of the Year. Didn't get a trophy, but did get some cash. So that's always nice. And then they handed out uh, what we call our scales. So we get this little um, wood cutout of a bass. And then, you know... Our name, Loon State Bassmaster, our name, it says Lake Champion. And so each time you win a lake, you get one of those little 
uh, what you call it. It's like a little copper scale, I guess, and it has the, the name, the year, the name of the lake, the year, and then your weight. And then you just add that to your little plaque. So I got to add two of those to my plaque because I won on um, Whitefish Day 1 last year and then on Knife Lake I won too. So, But I actually got the wrong, grabbed the wrong scale for Whitefish. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I don't know why I didn't look it up. Not that it really matters, but... Um, I got the one that was 14.44, and that was Jim's weight on Sunday, the second day. And the first day where I won, it's actually 15 and change. So it was a bigger bag, but it doesn't really matter because Lake Champion is Lake Champion regardless of what the weight is. So just thought that was kind of interesting. And then, uh, of course, we talked about upcoming events and kind of getting all that short away looking to get new jerseys this year um so definitely looking for uh some sponsors to help offset that cost if anybody out there is listening have a business doesn't have to be fishing uh related and you'd like to get on our jerseys for this uh for this year let me know i'll get you in contact with amy our secretary and we will set that up all right so on to bow fishing. So was able to go home and uh, did I nap? I tried to take a nap, but I don't know if it worked. Um, so anyways, we tear off there. I pick Joel up at five and we head down and we meet Austin in Lakeville. We all pile out of my truck. We get in his truck and continue on down to go meet Nolan. He's raising his boat, which is a pretty sick setup, if I do say so myself. This is a Big ass boat, giant fan on it, all sorts of kick ass lights on it. It's a sweet rig, dude. If you if you're watching the Snapchat, I, I put it on my Snapchat. It's it was pretty awesome. And uh, we kind of left a little early, but so we got to the, the landing of the first lake and uh, just chilled out because it was still light. So we need to we need to be dark, obviously. And uh, so we did do that. And as soon as we start going. Um, it took a while for us to see like our first, our first fish, but then we started seeing our fish. And I was like, "Oh," because I guess they had gone out. Um, the last time they'd gone out, they hardly saw anything. So I was like, "Well, hopefully we see more than four. <laughs> that would be a plus." And uh, we did. We saw. I, I think we saw a fair amount personally, but then I haven't done it in two years. So, and I don't, I don't shoot competitively like uh, some of these guys do uh, and successfully I might add but uh, it was pretty cool day or night I should say for me it's just if, if people haven't bow fished before you really should give it a try like it's it's an, a really cool mix of fishing and hunting and because you're doing it at night and you know you got those the floodlights out it's like Everything just like happens so fast. You know, you're looking, you're looking. It takes a while for your eyes to kind of adjust to what you're looking for, and then you see it, and you're like, "Oh, it's, you got to aim quick and shoot and shoot fast." Um, so they start putting some fish in the boat. I do not, because I clearly suck really bad <laughs> at boat fishing. I mean, when you only do it once every two years, I mean, how good can you be? Uh, so it definitely took a long time to get my first fish. In fact, it was like the very last 
melee where I finally stuck two fish, but I stuck two in a row. Went two for two, so that part was cool. So I slung a lot of arrows, but didn't hit much. Um, they gave me a couple layout layups, like they would shoot one, and then like a, the arrow would pull out, and it's just like floating there. And they're like, "Hey, shoot that one." Oh, okay, I can get that one, but I don't count. That, I don't count that one. But uh, so I, was, I felt like a child. But man, these guys can shoot. Austin is just like a ridiculously good shot. And uh, Nolan, too, for that matter. Um, Joel was sticking some, but he was beating up himself. Apparently, he was missing more than he thought he should because he was like, I suck. And I'm like, you've actually put fish in the barrel. I haven't. So, <laughs> you know. But it was pretty cool. We saw everything like suckers, carp, buffalo, dogfish, bullheads. You know, we pretty much got oh, almost one everything in there. Shot quite a few uh, buffs, buffalo Buffs, we call them. I don't know if they're largemouth or smallmouth buffalo. I'll have to look into that. But I went into it. I don't know why I didn't bring a cooler, but it all worked out. But anyways, I went into it and like, well, I want to try a buffalo. For those who've been paying attention, I tried a sheephead last year, one that I had caught, and it actually was really good. So now I'm like, okay, what else is good? Now I'd never heard anything really about sheephead being good. I always heard they were bad, but didn't know anybody had actually tried it. So I figured I was just gonna try it, and it's not bad. It's actually very good but i do know that like the commercial fisheries want buffalo that's like what they're after so i assume they taste good um and they do so i kept a couple smaller ones that you know like oh the small ones will be perfect heat in size uh, i kept some of those and then we actually shot a quill quill back and um kept that because I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, I think Austin was like, I've heard they're mushy. I'm like, well, we'll see. I hear a lot of, a lot of shit about a lot of things, and it doesn't end up being true. There's only one way to find out. So, Now, I know all these fish are bony. Um, I didn't keep, kind of breaking my rule here, is I didn't keep, we shot dogfish, and I didn't keep a dogfish to try. Um, and the reason for that being, I mean, you hear a lot of things from a lot of different people about a lot of different things. But Steven Ranella, the meat eater, he caught one one year, and he was doing a taste test of all these different undesirable fish, and he said it wasn't terrible, but he'll never keep one again. So if Steven Ranella is saying that, and he has eaten coyote, so he eats some crazy stuff, and if he's like, yeah, I kind of believe him. So I don't know. I guess he caught it in the summer, or, he, or I think he shot it in the summer. He was bow fishing. Um Maybe that matters. Maybe I should try it out of the cold water. I probably will try it at some point in time just to say that I've done it. But this time around, I didn't do that. So I did I did keep two buffs and that uh, quill and uh, went to clean them. And whoo-wee, those things are bony. Plus, they have giant scales. So just getting into them is, is a little bit... It takes some effort. And uh, so I got through, and I just kind of, you know, went down straight behind the gill, came down the backbone. I didn't try to go through any of the bones, so I just kind of went around the rib cage and, and took it off that way. Uh, but they have, you know, I'd, I'd watched a YouTube video on how to clean one of these. And, of course, they were doing a much larger one. But... I was like, why are they doing it this way? Why don't they just run down the... I'm just going to run down the ribs like that, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think there's a way, the reason. I'm going to have to go back and watch that video 
because the way I did it was fine. I got a nice slab of meat off it, but so many bones in the meat still. So those of you who have cleaned or ate northern pike know that they have Y bones, and there is a way that you can cut those out. Well, these have a, a bone very similar to the Y bone, except it's like a tri. Actually, it's like a quadruple bone. It's got four fingers on. Like instead of just the two, you know, on a Y bone like a pike, where there's two forks at the top, there's four forks at the top in similar Y fashion. It's crazy. Um, however, so it was kind of a pain to eat, I and mean, the bones came out easy enough. Um, but I just hate picking bones when I eat fish. It's just irritating however the fish the flesh was very good uh really firm texture even like when you're just cleaning it and then it flaked up really nice when you cooked it and uh i just real light breading salt pepper you know garlic powder pretty simple you could use shore lunch juice or whatever very it was very good um much better than walleye but there is I'm going to have to go back and watch that video and figure out how to properly clean them. And also, for as big as fish they are, they're pretty thick and chunky. They're all bones and gut. Like, there wasn't much meat on that fish at all, really. So next time, I think I'll actually keep a bigger one so I can get more meat off it. Plus, that'll probably make it easier for me to learn how to clean them the right way so that I can remove those Y bones. I don't know what else to call them other than Y-bones, but fork bones, I guess you could call them. Um, but there's got to be a way to get those out. If, if you had if you had some nice chunks of completely boneless uh, meat, buffalo, oh, buffalo fish, it would be, that'd be a damn good meal, like really good. And so I went to clean that uh, carp sucker, or the quillback carp sucker, and um, it right away I could tell the flesh was, much less firm and same thing even though they're kind of a chunky fish but they're not as they're not even as chunky as the buffs there was like by the time i trimmed around everything and got it out there was there was like the super thin piece of meat i was like how do these things swim they don't have any muscle and then you could just feel all these bones inside there i'm like if i try to trim this thing up there's not gonna be any meat left so honestly didn't even try that one so i still don't know what quill tastes like because it just it was kind of pointless. I mean, I guess you could, you'd have to just grind it up bones and all and make fish patties. It's about the only thing I could think of because there was just so many bones and very little meat that man, it just didn't, it was not worth the effort. I mean, I guess I could have trimmed off a little piece just to say that I tried it, but I don't know. It was a pain in the butt. And it was, uh, you know, I tried. But the buff was really good. I'm definitely going to keep those again. Uh, those are, I mean, it's it's really good, guys. Like, really good. So if you have an opportunity to go bow fishing and you get some of those or you know somebody that has that goes bow, fush, bow fishing and that can get you some buffs, I recommend that you take one. It's knowing what most bow fishermen do and, you know, dump these in a farmer's field for fertilizer, it's kind of a waste. Um. I, I got to say, it's kind of a waste because they really do taste pretty damn good. Um, granted, there is some extra steps in cleaning that go along. Uh, you know, it's not just like a crappie filet where you can zip through it, cut the ribs out, take the skin off, and you're done. Because it also has that um, bloodline on the back, on the skin side, and you got to remove that too, all that oil 
oily flesh off of there. So there's there's some steps involved, but in my opinion, it's worth it because it's a far better fish to eat um, than most of the game fish that we eat, in my opinion. So I uh, encourage everybody to give it a try. So that was boat fishing. It was awesome. I had a great time. Joel seemed to think it was like, oh, it wasn't that great. I don't know what we caught or caught. I don't know what we shot numbers-wise, like 40 or, or more, I guess. I don't know. I guess didn't really keep track. And I, and I guess by bow fisherman standards, that's not a lot. But for me, who just doesn't really get to do it that often, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. I missed a lot, but it didn't matter. It was just, it's just cool seeing them. It's a lot of fun. And just got to hang out with uh, some of the guys I just haven't hung out with in a while. So that was pretty cool. Um, so slept in Sunday morning, obviously, because we didn't, I didn't get home till like three, three thirty or something like that. Uh, woke up kind of slowly got going. And then Joel and I, uh, went bass fishing again, um, to hopefully to repeat kind of what we did the last week when we had just under 23 pounds for our top five. So we get to the lake when we hit the same lake, we were thinking maybe going crappie fishing instead, but it was like, eh. Let's just go bass fishing. If it sucks, then we can go crappie fishing. But we get out there, and uh, he had fished it on Friday, and they didn't do very well. And that spot on the spot where we caught all our big ones, he's like, they only caught like two off of there. So they must be transitioning. Oh, man, where that yawn just came out of nowhere. Sorry about that. Um, so anyways, we, uh, we eventually hit that spot where we didn't start there. We... Started on some other spots that he had some success on on that Friday before, and just throwing jerk baits around, and we caught a couple, I don't know, relatively quickly. Kind of thought we were gonna have a little bit better day, and then it really slowed down. And we tried this and tried that. We had just bought every rod on the deck, um, changing colors, changing sizes, just going around. Could not really find any concentration of fish and so we're kind of they must just be in that kind of transition period where there's still some deep still some mid some have moved in really shallow there's just no just couldn't put a real pattern together so we just kept circling the the lake and we finally hit that spot what's a deep rocky ledge and i don't think we even got a bite there might have gotten a bit there once off a jig. And then I did get, it definitely got bit on another spot on a jig, but did not land it. That was a big bite too. Um, so that spot just wasn't panning out. Tried some crankbaits or some weed tops, um, chatterbaits, swim jig. I mean, like I said, we were trying all sorts of stuff. I threw a cast of weightless Senko way up shallow, thinking, well, maybe they're up there. That didn't get any bites. And we just kept putzing around the lake, and then we kind of found, finally hit a decent fish. It was probably, I don't know, by decent, but just under three maybe, something like that, two and a half, two and three quarter. It seemed huge because everything we had been catching was tiny. Um, But once I got my hand on, I'm like, oh, he's not really that big, but better anyways and it was kind of in a random spot well it appeared random at first but it wasn't because it was we once we got up to where i was casting we realized that there was a a small weed patch right there as joel had just caught a pike and then like i immediately hooked that bass right after and i had switched to a chatterbait um kind of white 
white, yellow, gray chatterbait, um, kind of just mimicking a bait fish, basically. So we kept moving down the line, and a uh, big gap in the action, hit this nice little weedy bay. There was some cabbage in there. You thought, oh, this could be really good. Nope, no bites in there. And we kind of round this corner. We're literally just about to bail on the spot, and I get bit, and I catch another, you know, slightly better fish like right in that same two and a half two and three quarter range and uh that little area we actually almost had a pattern going because i caught a few fish there and joel caught some fish and finally switched to a chatterbait and that's what was working went down the shoreline some more after that cooled off caught one more like rando then the weather turned um wind changed rain started coming in really got windy and uh, so we're getting wet and cold. We went back to that spot, and I think we caught a couple more, but it was pretty slow. Um, it just wasn't that many fish holding that spot. I mean, I don't know, maybe we caught five, six fish off it all together. Hit that shallow bay again that we had passed because at that point in time I hadn't, um, oh, no, I was using the, the cheddar bait at that time. That's right. Uh, so then we kind of went a little further, like, well, we're going to check this one more little weedy bay out that has some weeds in it, and if that doesn't pan out, let's get out of here. Because I still had those fish from bow fishing I had to clean. I put them in a cooler, um, so I needed to get to those, and I didn't want to clean them in the dark, you know. So, Well, then we left a little bit earlier. Instead of fishing to the last minute, I was totally fine with it. Plus, the weather had turned. It was getting shitty, and fishing wasn't all that great, so yeah. That other spot didn't pan out, so we just tore off and put the boat back on the trailer and headed home. So it was not a stellar weekend by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I was pretty stoked that I got out bow fishing. Um, did catch some bass. Was not, you know, we went from last week just under 23 pounds for five, and I think if we had, we didn't weigh any, but if we had weighed our top five, I mean, we had 10 pounds, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't great, um, but it was better than not doing anything. So it was it was fun to kind of kind of mix it up. I'm still toying with the idea of going down to Missouri for morels, but now I think I don't know. We're gonna wait. It's, it seems the cold weather has set in. I think kind of slowed the season down. I don't think I'm gonna head down there this week. Maybe I'll go next weekend. I don't know, but. We'll play up here before we're almost in the May, so before long we should start getting some uh, morels here in Minnesota. I've seen a few reports, actually, some small ones and some really early spots. But you, every year you get those crazy outliers, but it's not. Um, it, it makes you want to go out there, but if you go out there, you're just going to be disappointed because they're just they're not really up yet. Um, what it, what are up as far as forging is concerned is the ramps ramps are up right now so i might be tempted to just take a, an afternoon or something and go pick a bunch of ramps and uh, bring those back and you know chop them up make some ramp butter it's a good way to store it that ramp butter is great on anything uh like pull well, it's just anything but uh especially for thanksgiving take that ramp butter and that's what you rub underneath the skin of your turkey you can thank me now because it's uh that's pretty damn awesome but all sorts of greens are coming up right now. The nettles, uh, dandelions. I haven't actually made my annual little 
meal of that stuff yet. Uh, maybe I'll do that. You know, last year I did is I made uh, nettle pasta, which actually turned out really good. Um, I'll have to try to do that again. So that's something I, I so I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. I'm toying around the idea of running up to uh, Grand Rapids area, old time sakes, my old stomping grounds, and go uh, get in on the red horse run, catch some red horse like in the old days like I used to could. So might do that. I'm kind of tempted to run down south in the opposite direction and do some trout fishing, so pick some ramps, catch some trout. That's always fun. Um, of course, there's always bass fishing again. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Got lots of options. We'll see. And I still I bought a turkey tag, and I still haven't been out yet. So maybe I'll sit in a blind one morning. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. What the? I'll have to wait and see. But follow me on Snapchat if you don't already. Um, I do a lot of that, like, in in the moment kind of stuff that doesn't make it to my Instagram or doesn't make it to my Facebook page. So if you're following along or you want to follow along, um, that's a pretty good, pretty good place to, uh, kind of keep up on, on the activities. All right. So there is your recap. Uh, as far as my rant goes, you know, Nick Johnson was posting on his Snapchat. He's been posting, um, some like the results of the Minnesota waterfall survey that went out. And I still don't, I'm not going to rant about this part of it, but I still don't quite understand. Like, it's almost 50-50, slightly more than against, but this early teal season, I just can't wrap my mind around why people, if you're a duck hunter or waterfall in a state, why you are not on board with an early teal season. It just does not make sense to me. But whatever, to each their own. But there, you know, all sorts of breakdowns that he had in there. But the thing I want to rant about is... There was only 1,200 people that participated in the online survey. 1,200 people. Now, if you go on any one of these waterfall sites, Minnesota Duck Hunters or whatever the thing might be, Minnesota Waterfaller, blah, 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 everybody's got a strong opinion of what should and shouldn't happen in the waterfall world. And a lot of people like to throw the DNR under the bus and it's this person's fault and that person's fault. That guy's an idiot. Those people are idiots. It should be like this. I don't know why it's not like this. Everybody's got all the answers, but when it comes down to it, nobody does a fucking thing. 1,200 people. We have more waterfallers in Minnesota per capita than I think any other state in the nation. It's a huge, huge part of this state. Of, of the hunting culture in Minnesota and only 1,200 people took place in that poll. I know I was posting it. I know Nick's posting it. Heinz is posting it. Like it was in all the waterfall pages, like when it was going to be, there was links to it. Couldn't have been easier. And only 1,200 people took part in that survey. That's really disappointing. Um, you got to take a more proactive approach to this duck hunters because it's not even so much about other hunters and their opinions but you know who else gets to take part it's not like you can only take part in this survey if you're a hunter you know who else takes part in this survey non-hunters which that might actually explain why there's so many opposed strongly oppose the early teal season chances are at least a small handful of the people that took part in that survey were anti-hunters. And so they're skewing the data. And, and the DNR 
you know, for as much as you want to demonize them, can only work with what you give them. So if they give you an opportunity, they give you a stage to express your opinions and you don't take it, and then you don't like what happens with the regulations down the line, that's on you, dude. Um, That's on you because they're going to take public input, and that is going to influence policy. And it's not just hunters that are doing it. The the anti-hunting crowd is very active, and they are charged up. They're the ones that actually take place in these things. They go so far as to buy bear tags and not use them. So now states are having to amend, you know, how they register. So they're, they're trying to curb that. But they, they actively do that shit. So don't think they're not taking part in these waterfall surveys and skewing that too. They're not that, like, the anti-hunters, for as loud as voices they have, that's not a large group of people. You know what a large group of people is? Minnesota waterfowlers is a large group of people. That is a large constituency. But... The DNR doesn't know it. I mean, they know it by sales, but they don't know what you want unless you tell them what you want. They gave you every and ample opportunity to express your opinions on these things, and only 1,200 people took place in the survey. You guys are slackers. we got to do better, guys. We have to do better. You have to be more proactive. I'm starting to sound like one of them old the mold hunter vationist guys, but, but we have to, I mean, it's going to disappear. Don't think that it won't. I know I talked about this with Joe Heinz a little bit and I'll just reiterate it, but don't think it can't happen here. It's happening in California. They're, they're slowly eroding and chipping away. It was mountain lions first. Then it was trapping. They want to, they want to stop bear hunting altogether. And then won't stop there. It'll go to deer. It'll go to birds. It'll go to everything. And don't think that won't follow over to here, especially if only 1,200 of us are expressing our opinions. Because all those people, generally speaking, that are anti-hunters are your metropolitan types, right? They're not; These aren't country folk. They're, they're detached from, in my opinion, how the real world works out here in the country. But it's what they know, and they're strong they're strongly opinionated about it, and there's more of them, at least there's more of them willing to voice their opinion. We can actually outnumber them. Our voices should outnumber them, but we got to do it. You have to actually do the work. So there's my rant. Stop being lazy. The next time you have an opportunity to take part in the survey and help steer regulation the way you want it do it don't wait for other people to do it for you and then bitch that you don't like the way it turned out all right so there you go there's my rant um that's all i got for you this week uh stay tuned we got another waterfall wednesday coming up with nick J. and this week i got a crappie fisherman for our main episode that will drop thursday so keep an eye out for that because tis the season for spring crappies i haven't quite done it yet but uh i'm sure i will very soon all right everybody make sure you're doing all the things follow me on all the social medias full scale outdoors everywhere it's dale luganville on snapchat however um but yeah everywhere else is just full scale outdoors let me know what you guys are doing what you're catching what you're finding post it up on uh social media tag me 
let me know. I'd like to see it. All right. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.